Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode was recorded on May 15th, 2018, and we're going to talk about all of the things that happened in the SEO world over the last week or so. Um, there have been quite a few things. Uh, this, uh, this newsletter episode was not quite as big as some of the other ones we've had, but there are still some really important things to talk about. So in this episode, we'll talk about yet another algorithm update. Um, we'll go over some stuff that uh, Google is doing in the search results that is actually kind of frightening. I'm never going to be one of those people that say SEO is dead, but I'll tell you that what I'm seeing Google doing is drastically going to change uh, the role of an SEO, in my opinion, um, in the future. And so we'll get to that near the end of the uh, podcast episode. Let's jump right in and start talking about algorithm updates. And once again, we seem to be having almost a weekly update to the algorithm. This is not the normal, you know, Google makes three changes a day. Uh, it's really um, something that was significant. I noticed that when I was reviewing the Google Analytics data for the sites that I have access to, which are quite a few sites over the years uh, that have given me Google Analytics access, um, there was something significant that happened on around May 7th or 8th. Now, this is a really tough one to pin down because there are some sites that are seeing changes as early as May 4th and as late as May 9th. And every single one of these sites that we reviewed that has seen changes was a site that was affected in some way by a recent algorithm update. Uh, and so if you've noticed that things have dropped or perhaps improved around May 7th or 8th, I'm guessing that you probably also saw changes on either uh, April 30th um, or uh, another algorithm update around this time. Um, I have some examples in the newsletter of sites that are clients of ours. Uh, and again, in the newsletter, I have some graphics taken from SEMrush uh, that will show the general traffic patterns. Uh, the Google Analytics actually shows a more significant increase for some of these. But again, I don't want to post client data uh, without permission. So um, what we're seeing is that for one example, there was a site that we worked on to help them improve their EAT how they uh, demonstrate their expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And we also worked on a, a great number of technical issues that we feel were affecting Google's assessment of quality for the site. And they're starting to see a nice uptick. It started with April 30th, which was a significant update, and then got just a little bit better starting May 7th. Uh, there was another site that uh, I give an example of that, again, saw uh, changes on April 30th and more of an IPTUC uh, IPTUC, an uptick on May 7th, 2018. And uh, in this particular site, we had removed a bunch of really thin content. Um, and we made some changes to just make the site easier to navigate for people. And that's something to, to really consider. Uh, I always recommend that you take people who are not familiar with your site and watch them navigate through your site. Tell them, I want you to accomplish this. I want you to choose a, pr a product and go all the way through the process of buying that product. And you'll be amazed to see what kind of issues come up. In some cases, we've had sites where on mobile, uh, people were unable to click on the buy now button. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes, um, we can be shooting ourselves in the foot and have a website that uh, really has good content, but if users can't use it properly, then we're going to see problems. And so in this particular case, we improved things like that, and they're seeing uh, nice uh, improvements. 
Um, we had one other uh, site as well that, um, and this is the thing, see these quality updates that are happening very frequently now, they're very rarely about one specific thing. And so all of these sites that I show that saw improvements uh, had a great number of things to, uh, to work on. So um, this last site that I gave an example for, again, we had improved on EAT. Uh, and we help them to make content that was way better than their competitors. And this is something we're seeing all the time is that there are sites where uh, in many, many verticals, every single site that's ranking on the first page is essentially the same. And in some cases, if you can do just a little thing like add some user generated content, add some unique reviews, um, add some guides, things like that, that can really uh, be something that Google recognizes as like, hey, all of these 100 websites are essentially selling the same product, but this one over here actually has all this extra stuff to help people. And they're really getting good at recognizing that thing. So that type of content is really, really hard to scale. It's something that you can't just start an automated process and all of a sudden all of your products are very well optimized for searchers. Um, but instead you have to look manually at what can we do so that if we gave users the opportunity to buy from our site versus our top three competitors, they would by far want to choose us. And if you can crack that nut, that really is something that we've noticed has really helped um, sites improve their rankings. So I don't have any specifics again as to what this update went after. I really do think it was tweaks to previous quality updates. Um, and if you were hit by the May uh, 8th or 9th, uh, 7th or 8th update, then I would highly recommend looking at your technical SEO, making sure that um, you know there are no significant technical problems that are holding the site back, especially looking at the site in the eyes of Google's quality raters guidelines. If you want to get a copy of my um, guide to the quality raters guidelines, there's instructions on how to do that at mariehaines.com slash book. And uh, we have a checklist of what we take sites through in order to determine whether they are um, uh, meeting all of the things in the quality raters guidelines. And then the third thing that you should be doing is do everything you can to make your site the most valuable of its kind, uh, which is really not an easy thing to do. It also looks like there's another update that's on the way. Uh, there was some chatter around May 13th. Now, May 13th uh, was Mother's Day in the uh, United States and Canada. And so um, traffic is going to be down for most sites. I mean, unless you're a site that sells flowers or something like that, perhaps it's up. But uh, for most sites, you know, people are hanging out with their moms. They're hanging out with their families. They're not on the Internet. So if your traffic dropped just uh, briefly on Mother's Day, May 13th, I wouldn't be too worried. With that said, there's a lot of chatter in Black Hat forums. Barry Schwartz has a good uh, write-up on um, Search Engine Roundtable where he's noticing that a lot of the Black Hats are noticing drops. I've had a couple of emails from site owners that have had significant drops that seemed to start on Mother's Day. Now, the question is whether it's just Mother's Day traffic and that's going to recover or whether it's going to be a sustained drop. Um, but I am, I'm really early on this, but I'm suspicious that this might have been a link-related update. It could have been a tweak 
unique to Penguin. Um, and if it is, what's happening is Google's getting better at figuring out which links are truly natural mentions and which ones are just there for SEO reasons. Uh, and, and so now if I'm right on this, it doesn't mean that you need to go uh, and disavow a whole bunch of links, but rather you may have just lost the page rank that used to flow through um, some of those links that were just kind of questionable. Um, perhaps, you know, if you've been doing a lot of guest posting or uh, just getting articles posted on other sites, a lot of those links are the types of links that Google really wants to ignore now. Um, I mentioned this last week, but we are still taking, we have room for maybe two or three more uh, new clients in terms of our Google Analytics monitoring service. Um, this is a service where we will check your site by hand every week, uh, look at your Google Analytics, and tell you our opinion on whether you've been affected either positively or negatively by any of the latest algorithm updates. Um, it doesn't include consultation one-on-one -on -one to help you get out of those changes. Um, rather, it's a monitoring service to tell you whether you have been hit or not. And we can give you some general advice on uh, the types of things that uh, this algorithm update is going after. So if you're interested in that, you can reach me at mariehaines.com slash contact. And uh, like I said, we don't want to take on too many new clients at this point because it's a new thing for us. Uh, but so far, the feedback that we've had has been really, really good. And so we're going to uh, hopefully continue with doing this and opening it up to everybody soon. Um, there, were, uh, there was an update from the Webmaster Central blog, and uh, really it was just an overview outlining uh, some things that we already knew. I included it in the newsletter. If you're new to SEO, I would recommend reading this. Um, if you've been in SEO for uh, any length of time, this is probably not news to you. I did write a little bit more about the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, and it's still super confusing. Um, some of you may know that I actually wrote an article last week that's linked to in the newsletter as well that explains what I'm telling my clients in terms of GDPR. Now, most of my clients are not based in Europe, and this regulation is supposed to be about European citizens. The problem is, though, that if your website sees any traffic from Europe, you could be uh, subject to this this regulation. And I don't understand how a European um, organization can potentially fine my company, but there are all sorts of things in place to allow that to happen. So if you um, send emails to people in Europe, if you uh, track cookies uh, from European visitors, you really want to pay attention to this. I can't give you legal advice on um, you know whether you need to be changing things. Um, really, every business should be consulting with your attorney on this. Uh, but I know a lot of you, um, you know, you won't do that for various reasons. Um, some of you are just starting out and, and maybe don't have the funds for a, an attorney. Um, so what I've written in this article is basically what I'm telling my clients. Um, the most important thing in this article, in my opinion, is about Google Analytics. So most of you have probably received an email from Google saying, if you don't do a change, you're potentially going to lose some data. And they've made changes so that uh, after 26 months, you will lose uh, any personally identifying data. So for example, if you have a custom segment um, to maybe check for users under the age of 18 or people from a particular country, you're going to lose those segments. Uh, if you have conversion tracking that takes uh, demographics into account, you will potentially lose those as well. And this starts in late May 
and uh, immediately you'll lose data from 26 months ago. Uh, so if you, um, and, and this is the thing where it gets tricky legally because you may need to set that so that you uh, forget that data in order to comply with GDPR. If you do not have a heavy European contingent, I think that you're safe to um, change that setting in Google Analytics so that you do not lose any data. Uh, but again, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, this is just what I'm doing. Um, what I'm telling my clients is first contact a lawyer, but if not, I think maybe you should um, consider doing what I'm doing. It's really a tough area. And the thing is that everybody who's writing posts on this is really taking a, a, a stab in the dark. Um, and it's unfortunate because this is a very, very serious regulation. Uh, and um, so as we get more information, if we start seeing evidence of companies actually being fined, especially outside of the European Union, then I will keep you updated on that. If you are a user of Squarespace, I know some of you are, um, then it uh, will now integrate directly with Google Search Console. That was something that Google announced at uh, I.O. this week. So um, that's exciting news. I have some information about this Google Assistant directory. Uh, and what this is, so Google Assistant is um, on most Android phones now. It's kind of uh, Android's version of Siri, where you can just ask your phone to uh, make you an appointment, to, you know, to do whatever. Um, but a lot of people are using voice commands through Google Assistant. And what you can do is you can actually set up this directory uh, to allow people to use Google Assistant with your website. And so one example is, um, you know, if I had it set up, which I probably should do that, you could say, okay, Google, send me the latest update from Marie Haynes. And that will uh, register on your phone. And so, um, you know, if you have any sort of a podcast, uh, a recipe site, just something where you have recurring visitors, this is really something that you should be looking into. Um, let's see. Google updated their image posting guidelines. They dramatically changed the entire page. So usually when we have an update like this, what I like to do is uh, um, use a, a, a tool to tell me what words on the page have changed, and pretty much everything has changed. But I read through it, and I don't think there's anything terribly exciting in here that you need to pay attention to. Um, again, if you're relying heavily on image search, it's probably a good idea to pay some attention to this. One thing that I thought was interesting was that uh, if you have adult images on your site, um, Google highly recommends that you put them in a separate place, like perhaps a directory that is just for adult images. Um, otherwise, Google can get confused and they can flag your whole site as adult, which can really, really have uh, implications in terms of rankings, uh, as people will not be able to find your content um, if it's, um, you know, if they're doing searches on safe search. We have some information on local SEO. Uh, Joy Hawkins had some information on from Google I.O. on a new Explore tab and also your match, group planning, and for you, all parts of Google Maps. Uh, this is fairly early in uh, our discussions on this right now, but it sounds like, for example, the your match feature will take you to uh, just the listings that Google thinks are tailored to you. Uh, and I think that's kind of interesting. I think Facebook already does a pretty good job of this. I know when I was in Seattle um, a little while back, 
uh, I got a notification um, from Facebook saying I uh, th- I was looking for a restaurant and somebody said three of your friends have liked this restaurant and that's a great recommendation right and I could see my friends I could see they were people who weren't even from Seattle they'd just been to conferences there and uh, and you know their recommendations mean a lot I would imagine that Google can do that too you know um, and that's kind of creepy right if Google's saying uh, they recognize they know what restaurants I was in when I was in Seattle because I had my phone with me and I had my location preferences on. And he, apparently, even if you have your location preferences off, Google just stores all that stuff. And then the moment you turn it on for, you know, to use Google Maps or something like that, it just all gets stored. So if you're using an Android phone, Google knows exactly where you are um, and they can use that for all sorts of information. I also think, I've talked about this in the past too, but this is important for local businesses. You want people with phones to come visit your business. You want to make sure that your pin is in the right place on the map so that when people, we were at the dentist the other day and uh, I got a notification saying, hey, are you at such and such cafe? Because they thought I was next door. And so I said to the dentist, you know, we should get in there and move your pin. It was it was uh, in the wrong spot. Um, and so the dentist was not getting credit for all the visitors going there. And I think for certain that Google uses this information in rankings. So if there's one particular dentist, for example, that gets twice as much um, traffic, traffic, visitors, customers, people with bad teeth uh, coming to this business as opposed to one down the other side of town, then Google's probably going to recommend the one that people tend to go to. So those are all things that you need to consider um, when you have uh, a business like this, a local business. Google Posts. I blab a lot about Google Posts. If you are local at all, you need to be using Google Posts. You can now put a video on Google Posts. And I know it's probably going to be hard to get some of your clients to record video. Uh, uh, You know, people, unless you're a teenager, uh, a lot of people just don't like being on video. And so... um, I would just tell your clients, you know, it doesn't have to be professional quality. Just get your phone up and tell people, hey, this is why you should use our business uh, and then use that as a Google post. And uh, I think that that's uh, something every small business should be doing. I put this in the newsletter, although it's not really it's SEO news. Google Assistant is soon going to be able to make phone calls for you. And so at Google I.O., they gave an example of uh, the Google Assistant actually calling a hair salon and conversing in a very fluent way with uh, the person um, at the hair salon making an, an appointment. Um, so this is something that eventually, you know, I think we'll have to pay attention to, especially if you tend to get a lot of phone calls from clients. Um, we'll have to make sure that, uh, I, I don't even know how we'll optimize for that, uh, but I think that's something for us to, to just keep an eye on. Um, apparently now we should be getting notifications once we have uh, a review response. Um, so uh, I think the idea is if somebody leaves you, um, right now if somebody leaves you a review on Google My Business, you already get an email. Uh, but if somebody responds to that review, uh, that's where I think the new notification is. So um, apparently the notification is sent out five minutes after the response is posted. I haven't seen any of those yet, uh, but it sounds like uh, that's what's happening. Um, A couple of other things. Those were all things that are in the free version of my newsletter. Again, if you want to get the newsletter, there's a link in uh, the description on my YouTube uh, video 
Um, if you want to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, you'll get all of this stuff in video format. Uh, or you can go to mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and that'll take you to uh, the most recent. Um, actually, it'll take you to the index of all of the uh, newsletters that we've had. A few things from the paid version um, that I want to talk about. One is Google Maps. There's some confusion about Google Maps that apparently people may have to start paying to use it. And where there's confusion is whether we have to pay just if we're using the API. So for example, uh, Uber uses Google's Google Maps API. Um, I know anytime I've had an Uber driver, they're, they're, using, uh, you know, they're using the same Google Maps that I am. And uh, Uber pays for that. You know, they pay a small fee every time. Um, I'm assuming they pay for that every time one of those, uh, the uh, app is used. Um, and now what Google is saying is that if you want to use the API, you have to sign up for a developer account and you have to deposit, uh, you have to put a credit card down. And every month you get $200 worth of free usage. Now, I don't know how much usage that is. I don't know how many um, views or use, use, uh, uses that that is. Uh, but the point is, even though it's free up to $200, you still have to give your credit card information. Now, what's not clear is whether uh, this matters if you're just taking the Google Map embed code, which lots of us do. If you have a map on your website, you, you probably have taken the embed code from Google, and uh, whether you can still do that for free. I think you have to be able to, because if Google turned off that ability to um, embed maps, the whole internet would be full of broken maps. Um, and that doesn't reflect well on Google. People would start embedding maps from other sources as well. So, um, so uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this and see uh, if I can get you some more information on that in the future. Let's talk about meta descriptions. So several months ago, I want to say it was maybe six months ago or so, um, somebody started noticing that Google was doing longer meta descriptions in the search results. And... Um, and so a lot of SEOs went and rewrote all of their meta descriptions so that they could utilize the full length. And all of a sudden they're short again. So if you spent hours and hours and hours <laughs> rewriting meta descriptions, surprise, you may need to rewrite them again. Um, personally, I didn't make very many changes. We do meta descriptions on a page by page basis. So if we're optimizing a particular page for a client, we'll take a look at the meta description and uh, see what we're trying to determine is how a user would interpret, uh, you know, if maybe the competitor says, oh, we have a big sale on this week in their meta description uh, and we don't have anything about that. Maybe, you know, we, we make changes in our meta description. Um, but really, Google is pretty good at picking out a meta description uh, or a... They don't pick the meta description, they pick out a snippet from your website to use as the snippet in the search results. Um, so I really wouldn't spend a ton of time in uh, making changes to this, um, especially because who knows, Google may change it again in another few days. So lots of people have been asking Google for what is the word count we should be heading for and they refuse to give us an answer. Uh, and I think that's because they're probably gonna keep changing it. So if Google said, you know, we should do this many words, then, um, and then, you know, we spend hours and hours making it that many words. Uh, and then a month from now they say, oh, just kidding. We want it half as long. You know, people are going to be mad. Uh, so I don't think you need to do too much, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go crazy rewriting everything again because things could change again. 
The last thing I want to talk about is this thing where Google is asking questions in the search results. I haven't seen this, but there were some several uh, uh, posts that I saw on Twitter of uh, people asking this. And apparently, it's a, a Google called it a small-scale experiment. And what they do is uh, they'll inject into the search results something that says, get the answer that you're looking for added to the web. Um, and so it asks you, what's your question? And then it says, your question will be shared anonymously with online publishers who may be interested in answering it. I think that this is a huge machine learning um, thing where they're looking for a learning set to learn from. So, um, you know, if somebody asks a question, uh, this, I'll give an example. Of, you know, if somebody asks, what is a no-followed link? Um, that's probably a very basic question. The, the types of questions that they're looking for are ones that already aren't answered on the Internet. So it would be, you know, some very specific question about... Uh, is a link from blah, blah, blah considered an unnatural link? And maybe that's not written about in the search results. Well, then Google could contact me or uh, you know any other site that they think is uh, um, has good potential to answer that. And then I give my answer and that goes back to the user. Now that is not typical of how Google usually works. Um, they don't, uh, I don't know. I just think something's weird about it. Um, and so I don't think this is going to continue forever, but what I do think could happen, and this sounds impossible, but I do think this could happen. I think that Google has the capabilities to machine learn the answers to questions that have never been asked before. And um, if that happens, then a lot of websites are in trouble. I mean, we've already seen it. If you're a website that uh, does conversions, you know, pounds to ounces or, um, um, you know, displays the time in India or something like that, uh, you've probably lost the vast majority of your search traffic because Google's already answering those right in the search results. And so I think they're doing everything they can to try to answer as many things as they can directly in the search results. So at this point, what do we do? I think if you're starting a new business and it relies on online traffic, you want to be really careful that it's not a business that could just be replaced by people asking questions on Google. If you have an informational website where you get a lot of queries that are questions, then I would say more than ever, it's important so that your answer is extremely thorough, has images, has video, has um, you know things that you just couldn't answer the question in uh, a brief uh, thing in the search results. Um, so the goal again is to provide as much value as you possibly could. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. And that's all I have for, uh, for this episode. Um, you can catch me on uh, YouTube Live. Uh, we're trying to do this every Tuesday, although the time varies. Uh, this week will be at um, uh, today, May 15th at 10.30 a.m. Um, and uh, other days we'll probably do it at 1 p.m. or so. And if you want to reach me, you can reach me at mariehaines.com contact. Hope you have a great week and hope rankings are good.